Welcome back to Thirsty the Podcast. This summer, we went back into the vault and we're giving fresh thoughts to some of our stories from the dark days of dating. Today, we're bringing back David the Disaster, a true disaster of my dating past. Originally published on August 23rd, 2021, we're talking red flags all around and why it can be hard to honor your own worth. Stay tuned to listen to this train wreck dating story, then stick around after the episode for a brand new discussion. This is Second Chance Summer from Thirsty the Podcast. Have you ever gone out with someone who's throwing out huge red flags every few minutes that you woefully ignored? Worse yet, have you let these red flags completely slide until it ended in a toxic dumpster fire disaster? Well, meet David, who took Laura on one of the worst dates of her life. This is Thirsty the Podcast, David the Disaster. Hello, everyone. So I have a great story for you today about somebody I dated who was basically waving a red flag at me constantly. I ignored those red flags and continued to date him. Yeah. And then uh, funnily, this guy showed you his red flags before y'all had even met. It was very clear that he was toxic. He was terrible. We were like, why are you even talking to this person? Um, so today we're going to we're going to talk about that story because it's pretty good. Uh, we're going to meet David. Mm -hmm. So I was fresh off of a breakup. It was the middle of a pandemic. I was pretty sad. It wasn't matching with anybody. I was really that interested. And then one night I matched with David on Hinge. He seemed pretty cute. Um, We messaged a little bit and we quickly got onto a video call just to kind of see what the other person was like before we went down, you know, talking more, which is totally normal, especially in the middle of a pandemic. And we chit-chatted on FaceTime. He seemed pretty fun, except he asked me to stand up and twirl around for the camera, which I felt pretty weird about. Um, But he reminded me that he was standing there. So if he could do it, why couldn't I? So I stood up and did a little twirl and was done and felt kind of weird about it. But the rest of the conversation had been pretty fun. So I was like, this is fine. Um, And then he asked me if I would ever braid my hair in two braids like Pippi Longstocking. And I laughed and said, definitely not. Um, That is not something that I would do. Um, Thanks for asking, though. Filed it away in my brain (laughs) as kind of strange. And then, you know, kind of moved on. We decided that, you know, we would hop off the call and I could text him if I still wanted to chat. And I think within 15 minutes, he had texted me saying, what, no text? Um, As if I was supposed to immediately hop off this call and start texting him, which was strange. But I just filed away the red flag and continued to um, text with him. I kind of took the bait. Two days later, I was texting him a picture of me with my hair in braids. Um, He was real happy about it. I felt kind of weird about it. Um, uh, And it was clearly the start of David realizing he could kind of push me outside of my comfort zone a little bit and be kind of a little aggressive and controlling, which I didn't really want to look at at the time. um, But was out there. Like he he let it known from the beginning that that's kind of who he was. And I just chose to ignore those warning signs and continue to talk to him because again, he seemed cute and fun. So what could go wrong? Right. Well, I mean, a this lot. is the part of the story where you tell us you like shut it down, right? You, you told him to get lost and he was done, right? Totally. Yeah. I was like, delete my braids picture and move on. Um, no, unfortunately we continued to talk and continued to text and the texting 
ramped up. Um, it was definitely some boundaries that were pushed. Um, definitely got really sexual really fast. Um, totally pushed by David. Um, and I went along with it. Um, again, winter and a pandemic, we do what we have to do. Um, at that time, my house was leaking from multiple places from all the snow we'd had. So I was like a super sad person isolated in my house texting with David. Um, and within about five days of us matching, um, David was on his way over to my house for our first quote unquote date. It's not really a date when they come to your house for the first time. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what you call that situation. Yeah, I don't know. In the middle of the day on a Saturday, totally normal, totally normal. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, you know, what was interesting is that, you know, we were both like, what's it going to be like when we meet? Are we going to like click or whatever? And it felt very comfortable from the point when he walked into my house. Like I felt really comfortable around him. Um, I didn't get any major, you know, any red flags or there wasn't the awkwardness when you meet someone. Um, it was very comfortable and very easy right away, which I'm like, this is great. We have such great in-person chemistry. Um, so he stayed over for a while. Some stuff happened. Um, <laughs> had some fun. Um, we had some good conversation, whatever. Um, and then um, he left. And we left it at a good point. He's like, you look better in person than you did on in your pictures. You're really cute. We had fun. Like, totally positive. I felt really good about it. I messaged friends. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be so sad if this doesn't work out. I really like him. He was really cute. He's really fun. Whatever. Like, I thought that this was, you know, a thing like that, you know, I wasn't I concerned you about him coming to my house. Yeah. And like, we're in the middle of a pandemic, so nothing's open. It's not like we could have had a really normal date at that point. Not many restaurants were open. Couldn't sit outside because we're in Chicago. It's February. Um, so home dates were kind of the norm at that point. Um, yeah. So I didn't really take that as a big red flag for how things started. It's just kind of how people were dating at that point in the pandemic. So yeah, I liked him. I felt good about it. I'm like, this is somebody I'm going to date. He knows I have kids. It's totally fine. Like everything felt good and normal and fun and that we connected really well. Um, and then the next day. Yeah, what, ha what happened the, the next day? Tone changed. All of a sudden, this like super chatty, sweet, sometimes racy texts turn into like one word answers. Um, a really like mean bitmoji kind of asking like, who's this? Um, which I did not think was very nice. And by kind of letting him know that I thought his texts weren't very nice, his response was, why are you being weird? Like, what's the big deal? Like, he kind of turned it around on me as if I was being really clingy and then wanted to let me know that, you know, we were in different life places as far as responsibilities and that he wasn't looking for anything serious, which was weird because we had never had any conversations about expectations. I had never said that I'm looking to find my next boyfriend. And I was very clear. I'm like, I'm just, you know, happy to have someone I connect with. I'm like, I'm not looking for a husband or for a boyfriend. Like, you know, I just thought we had fun. Um, I definitely was not clingy or turning it into more than it was. We had known each other for less than a week. Like, yeah, 
it was what it was. It was a situationship at best at that point with someone that I thought we both connected well and liked each other. So mm-hmm. him getting weird so fast was so strange because up until that point, it was like, you know, pretty attentive texting and connecting. So it was very strange. Well, I was just going to say that it, what's kind of interesting is that like you were open to like a more casual, just for fun situation, but it, it it seems to work better when it's like a good person that's nice to you, that like they really are your friend. Like maybe it's not like the big love of your life, but you enjoy each other and are nice to each other. But he was, it was not that with him. Like he was being actually mean. Yeah, I think for him to flip so quickly to make presumptions about what I must be looking for and to assume that I wanted him to be my boyfriend and all of these things and that I was turning it really serious was so confused because that definitely had never been discussed. And it like, I think you meet people that you want to be more serious with, or you meet people where it's fun for a a few dates, like it can kind of go either way. And unless somebody's very clear, like I'm dating to find a significant other and that's all I want, then put up a red flag and be like, this isn't what I'm looking for. But that wasn't our dynamic. It was pretty light and fun from the beginning. So I was really confused how he turned it around into something more than it was. Um, Right. So I should have taken that point in this interaction. It was There was a lot of questioning of what was wrong with me that I would want to keep on talking to him when our lives were different or he didn't want a girlfriend or when he clearly does want a girlfriend. But <laughs> yeah, he wanted to pose that he didn't want a girlfriend or... Yeah, or he didn't want me as a girlfriend or whatever his issue was, um, was just really confusing. And again, I that is another juncture in this um, situation with David where I should have backed away and said thanks, but no thanks and moved on. Yeah, but I didn't. And we kept on texting, kind of, you know, ignored how rude he'd been. I think he flipped back into being a little bit friendlier, sometimes not as friendly, sometimes, hey, what are you up to? Other times kind of nasty to me. But we definitely were still texting every day. Like it was, and him initiating texting. It wasn't like I was reaching out to him and he was pity texting me back. He was reaching out to me and asking what I was up to or what was going on. So um, clearly there was interest from his part and it wasn't something where I was, I was pushing the interactions in any way, shape or form. Um, but I definitely should have, you know, paused for a minute and tried to figure out what I really wanted at that point and maybe assess that this person was not who I wanted. Um, but we continued talking We continued talking about maybe seeing each other again. Texts got a lot racier again. Like there was a lot happening over text (laughs) message during that time on some things that I probably wouldn't normally feel comfortable with. But again, I was like, well, I like him and it's fun and this is a light and fun relationship and it's totally fine. Um, And we continued. Yeah. I just want to stop you right there, though, because I remember there were a few of us texting. There's a few of us gals that are friends and divorced and dating and I remember at one point we were like, is this fun? Because we kept asking, we kept asking her like, why are you giving this guy the time of day? Like, he's kind of a jerk, you know? And I remember you, yeah. you said a few mm-hmm. times, you're like, well, the chemistry is there. The chemistry is so fun. And I think if he would just calm down, it would, it would be great. Except he was, he had this really mean side. Um, yeah. We should talk about that. Like, cause like, this is also the juncture where like you shut it down. Right. Cause he wasn't being that nice, <laughs> but I know you went out with him one more well, time. Well, he was showing me so many different sides of himself. Like he was showing me like 
you know, again, nice, sweet little check-ins, a picture of, you know, things that he was up to, or, you know, he had a lot of hobbies and interests. So he would kind of let me, oh, I did this tonight. Or like, it again, it was very friendly texting, or it was very different kinds of texting that can be fun. And so I was, you know, feeling... I was getting a lot of mixed signals from him and it was confusing, but the stuff that I didn't like, I just pushed out of the way because there were things there that I absolutely did like. And in person, when he cut away the sarcasm and he cut away this other stuff that was going on or some of the meanness, we connected really, really well in person one-on-one where I was like, we had real conversations, like real deep, fun, good solid connecting conversations. And that's where it got so confusing of all of this hot and cold. Because in person, I knew what that connection was like. And so that's why I was like, y'all just don't understand. Like, yes, he's saying this over text and it's weird and I don't understand it. But in person, it was just so great. And I really felt like if we hung out again, some of this weirdness would kind of, you know, take care of itself and that, you know, we clearly would both acknowledge that, you know, it was a good connection and we should keep on seeing each other, whether it was more casual or serious or whatever, like that we connected well enough to spend some more time together. So despite how horrible he was being, we made plans to hang out again at his place. And during that time, he, I was getting texts from him again of, what's wrong with you? I'm so guilty because I only want to sleep with you. I don't want to date you. Um, You know, what's wrong with you for wanting to see me? And I'm giving this whole spin of, I'm an adult and we're adults and I'm not looking to try and make you my boyfriend. And, I, you know, like we can still hang out, like trying to justify, like I'm not a bad person for not wanting to make you my boyfriend. Like I can casually date somebody too. Like that's okay. Um, He one time texted me a picture of dating tips for single parents that he saw on Good Morning America. That was a nice one. Um, So rude. So I was getting all kinds of strange, crazy things from him leading up to um, our second and final date, um, if you want to call it a date. So, yes, I hopped an Uber down to his place. And I think I got the instructions on how to actually find his apartment in the high rise um, about a minute before my Uber arrived. I was getting real nervous because I only knew the address of his building. I didn't know his unit number. I didn't know the rules for his building and that he wasn't responding to my text. So I was a little worried I was going to show up and not know where to go. Um, But the last minute, he let me know um, his info, and I went up to his place, and he'd ordered a pizza for us. He was being super friendly. Um, It was, um, you know, fun conversation, talked about stuff that was going on in his life. He was friendly. He had a jigsaw puzzle out. He likes to do puzzles, so we worked on his puzzle for a bit, (laughs) randomly watched some TV. Um, Then he had me give him a massage, which was kind of weird um like he had like back problems and so he needed help because he couldn't like massage out part of his back or something so it was a little odd it was like a little demanding which is definitely a side of David's personality is kind of being a little more of a demanding needy person so did that did some other stuff had a lot of fun again connected well in person there were no red flags on us together like we personality wise when everyone was being real, connected very well. And then 
he went back to his puzzle, working on his puzzle, and looked at the clock and said, you know what, it's 11 o'clock, it's getting kind of late, I have an early um, day tomorrow, um, I, think, I think you're lingering, which is not really what anyone wants to hear after they've been hanging out with someone, like there are so many other ways that that could have been said, it wasn't nice, um, so I called my Uber, and then he... Well, just like think about like someone that you're on a date with and it's not even first day, it's like a second date and then they tell you you're lingering, like essentially get out. Like how rude and terrible is that? Like Mm -hmm. I I can't even believe he thought that was okay to say to you. I had let him know that I had boarded my dog for the night because I had a little puppy. He's like, are you trying to sleep over? It's like, no, no. How terrible of you. (laughs) A, why is that so wrong? B, no, I'm not because you probably would be really mean in the morning. And C... (laughs) I'm just letting you know, like, what's going on in my life. I boarded the dog yeah. for the evening. I'm not making. I didn't bring my toothbrush. I might have brought a toothbrush yeah. just in case. It's just possible. in case. So everyone needs a toothbrush on dates, no matter what. There are certain things you must always bring in. Toothbrush is one of them. Yeah, it was just. But he didn't have to know that. He didn't know that. And I certainly would right. never stay if we both didn't want to do that. Like, whatever. We're all adults here. Um, but yeah, so was, you know, was I lingering, blah, 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 it was time for me to leave. Oh, you took an Uber here. What's, why didn't you drive? Why did you spend money to come here? Kind of another what's wrong with you comment, which was so weird. So he was the worst. So I call an Uber. And during that time, we're talking and I basically let him know, I'm like, you're making me feel terrible the way that you're talking to me. I'm like, you, we connect so well in this way. And then at other times, I'm like, you're really sarcastic with me. I'm like, you're mean to me. Like, I don't understand what's going on here. Um, And he let me know that, you know, he didn't like me. He would never date me. His therapist had told him not to invest time with people where there was no future, a.k.a. me, apparently. Um, was just saying all this horrible stuff to me. Like, I've never been spoken to that way in my life. And I was just... Yeah. To the point where I had, you know, some some tears appear because um, it was really gross. It was really uncomfortable. I didn't know why I had bothered to come because I really had thought we had a good connection. And even if that had ultimately been the last time we saw each other, no matter what happened, I would have never thought I would have been spoken to in that way in person by somebody. It was very cold. It was very callous. He's literally sitting there and like working on a puzzle and saying, I will never date you. I don't like you. I'm like, what is happening here? It was so awkward and uncomfortable. My car's delayed. I'm like waiting for my Uber and I couldn't find a driver. I think we had to wait for another driver. It was like a whole thing just to get a car to go home. And I'm standing there like, get me out of here. I was probably messaging you, Heather. I'd be like, ah. Yeah, you were. You were like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I was like, I'll be your Uber driver. I'll be there in a minute. Yeah. I think you did offer to let me sleep over at your house that night. I did. I was like, I should have gone to your house. Yeah. Oh, that would have been so much better. You would have had a better time. Yes. Okay, so you he hugged you, didn't he? Yes. So I went to leave, get my shoes on, coat on as fast as I can. Um, and I go to leave and then he leans in for a hug as like, this was fun. And I'm like, what is happening here? Like, how is this interaction and this coldness and this cruelness turning into 
I'm going to give you a nice, friendly goodbye hug. Like, it was so awkward. So we did the whatever awkward hug, got my stuff, and ran out of there. And I was like, this is a terrible situation. Got in my car, probably messaged you, Heather, some more about, you know, like, A, I'm out of there, heading home. B, this was terrible. Um, Get home. And then he still texted me more after that for quite a few days um, until it was clearer I had gone out on other dates and he made some nasty comment to me about how well, you have a boyfriend now and then stopped talking to me. So You linger. <laughs> I mean, if, if we're going to call somebody a linger, I think David is a text lingerer because he was the one always texting me like, I wasn't initiating most of our interactions. It was him reaching out to me completely out of the blue. I might not hear from him for a day or two. And all of a sudden he's texting me again, like, look at this condo I want to buy. Or what do you think about this for me? Like, just reaching out for random stuff that didn't make any sense because we weren't dating and he was very clear he did not like me. So do you not have friends to text? Like, it didn't make any sense. I mean, I feel like that definitely goes in the category of the very worst date. Like, that was a bad date. <laughs> it was bad. I mean, I've had some weird ones, but never anywhere the person I was with was making me feel bad about myself for spending time with them. Like, that was such a confusing situation. And as one of our other friends pointed out, like, usually this is when guys are really nice to you because, like... You're dating and we've, it, it was so confusing to have somebody be, to invite you over to turn around and be so mean to you. Like it's like, what's the end result that he was going for? I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't understand it again, but what you couldn't see because you weren't there, like you saw the texts from him and you heard me tell you stuff like, again, one-on-one -on -one when he wasn't being super rude to me. He was so nice and so fun and it just never made any sense to me. And I think, again, that's why I needed to like go and see him again in person to be like, who is this person? Like, why did we initially connect? And then it was very clear by the end of that second date that I don't know who that person is. <laughs> that person probably doesn't know who he is. Um, and it was not a good situation for me to be in. So um, all, all good for all of us to have it end after that date. Um, and I learned a lot from myself of not putting myself in situations where I think we have quote unquote chemistry because um, we didn't. That's not chemistry. It was not okay. <laughs> well, let's well, let's talk about this a little bit. Okay, so there you did learn some things. Let's talk about some, let's benefit from your terrible, most terrible date. So there's a lot to talk mm -hmm. about here. You know, one big thing is that, like, it was obvious to all of your friends that this guy was bad news. He was being mean to you. There were some major red flags. And I know one-on-one -on -one he had moments where he was really nice and real, and those were great. But the bad mm -hmm. stuff was, like, it was, like, red flags just waving all over the place. Um, why, did you keep, why did you keep going with him, you know, when he made that clear so early on? Like, why did you, why did mm -hmm. you hang on? Yeah, I mean... Uh my very first boyfriend from high school and early college was very hot and cold with me. And when he gave me his attention, it was sweet and made me feel great. And I felt like I was the only person in the world. And it just, it felt so awesome. And then he would go cold on me and I would be super sad. And I was like 18, so I'm crying over this boy all the time. And then he would come back again and he'd be super sweet. And we went through that cycle a lot. 
And that was my first real relationship. So I think that trained me in a really bad way to, you know, I would always look back on that and go, oh, it's such great chemistry there. I wish I could find that again. And I didn't understand that that wasn't good chemistry. That wasn't a good situation. Um, so I think there were a lot of things that David did that were very similar to my first real relationship. And I loved the stuff that felt really good because most of us do like the stuff that feels really good. And we can excuse the stuff that's not so good. I think everybody makes excuses for somebody that they're in a relationship with at some point or another. And I was willing to excuse or overlook those red flags because of the things that I did like about David. I liked, you know, that we connected. Again, I liked that in-person connection, that it felt really real when we were together. And it felt like, you know, we were personality-wise really similar. And there were things that just clicked really well. And even though his red flags were probably the biggest red flags I've had in any relationship or interaction I've had. I mean, these were significant but I was at a time in my life where, again, I was in kind of relationship transition or in the middle of a global pandemic. It's really hard to meet people that you connect with. Like there were a lot of reasons that I was willing to overlook some of those neg big negatives um, for the opportunity to maybe have someone that, you know, I connected with at least, you know, for some casual dating, if nothing more. And that was kind of the right speed for me at that time in my life. So I felt like it was worth kind of working through some of the challenges if there could be something good on the other side of it. Well, I think, you know, something we talked about too that we've talked a lot about is a lot of times people bucket chemistry is it's only a good thing, but there's good and bad chemistry. There's the kind of chemistry where it's mm -hmm. like you really connect to someone and it makes you happy. It makes you feel good and they make your life better. And then there's like when you connect with someone, but they actually make you sad or they're mean to you or you think about it. And something that we've talked about is like, you know, we make excuses for the ways some uh, sometimes other people treat us. But then you think about, would I do that to them? No. So why am I letting them do that to me? And then, like, what it boils down to is, is this just about attention? You know, like, when is it about attention and when is it about a real connection? Have you been thinking about that a little bit? Yeah, I think definitely partly online dating culture puts you in a position where you're immediately, right, you're you're matching on an app and then you're messaging and different people you message for a certain amount of time before you decide to take it to a video call or an in-person date or whatever that is. And so to decide if you want to meet someone, you do a lot of that kind of back and forth messaging and, you know, what do you connect on? And I think it's really easy to invest really early on in those interactions um, to feel like you kind of gone down that path and you have some sort of connection or chemistry or whatever you want to call it. And it feels really good, especially right now with, you know, I work from home full time and I used to be in an office every day and I was used to being around a lot of other people and connecting. And I don't have that anymore. I'm home. Sometimes I'm home just with my kids. And those are the only people I see or talk to each day. Right. So connecting with someone over texting is kind of a big thing right now of being able to kind of get some of that other interaction. And you can go deep real fast sometimes. And when you're connecting in that way, you don't really know what they're like in person um, because you're not getting as much of that. So I think there's a lot of you can go down some paths you probably wouldn't normally go down and somebody can be really, really great over text and really not great in person or for David, really terrible over text and really great in person sometimes, which is also a confusing flip on that. Usually it's the opposite and they're great texters and they're terrible in person. Um, but yeah, like I think 
there's just so much with how isolated we are right now and wanting that connection or that attention that feels really, really good when you're not having as much human interaction thanks to a global pandemic. (laughs) Right. Which we are all in the middle of. Yes. Um, And then I think something else we want to talk about is, and this is something that like both you and I have dealt with quite a bit. Um, We're both moms. We both have kids. um, We both have been married before. So a lot of times what we, and we've dated some men that have kids and we've dated men that don't have kids. And quite often this word baggage pops up. Like you'll see it on a lot of dating apps. Oh, no baggage. I don't, you know, we know what that means. That means no ex-wife, no kids. And like to me, when I see someone say no baggage, it's like, oh, you see kids as baggage. I don't like that. We're not going out. Um, And it also makes me think about like life experiences. Like I don't know that I want to date someone that openly says I don't have any baggage. Like I know I've been through some stuff. You've been through some stuff. And I'm proud. I'm proud of my baggage. Like I, you know, I carry it well. And I, for me, like that's a, it's an issue. You know, like when someone says no baggage or, you know, and it really is true. Like dating someone without kids, it is different from dating someone who does have kids. You know, I, I'm never going to forget like. I dated someone. It was actually like, he's a great guy. Um, we had a great connection and great chemistry, but he didn't have kids and we hadn't, we had a problem. It was difficult because mm-hmm. at a certain point, you know, he was really weirded out by the fact that I was a mom and he couldn't see that as just a role. Like he was overwhelmed by the whole thing. And I remember we had a lot of trouble because the truth is we're women and being a mom is one of the most important roles we play, but we, there's a lot more to us. There are things we care about, hobbies, passions, um, our careers, um, you know, our challenges, way more, so much more to us than than being a mom. And I know we both struggle to a degree at times. Dating men that don't have kids have a really hard time have understanding that. And with David, that was kind of an issue. Um, if you want to talk a little bit about that, yeah, he, you know, on his we we met on the app Hinge, and he did not have baggage anywhere on that because that is also something that I kind of weed out when I'm trying to match with people because I don't like the word baggage showing up. Um, but I did see his Tinder profile later, and it did have, um, you know, never married, no kids, no baggage on it, and I was like, ugh. Um, because he was somebody who definitely viewed my life as baggage. And I think he was very comfort- uncomfortable coming to my house and seeing signs that I have children in my home, which again, was very clear from the start that I have kids 50-50 custody. They're here half the time. They do live in this home. They have belongings. Sometimes you might see some of those belongings. Like um, I'm pretty clear on boundaries with my kids in my life and keeping dating separate from that until it's the right time to integrate those things, um, which for most relationships, it's never going to happen because they're never going to make it to that point where I would even bring my kids into the equation. But to date me is to know that I'm a mom, I've got kids, I have other responsibilities, I have other things happening in my life. But I'm also a person and I'm someone who dates and I don't go on dates to sit and talk about my kids all the time. But I might tell one funny story about them. And it's important to be able to do that and to be with someone who is comfortable with hearing those things, because that is absolutely part of myself. Actually, somebody I dated after David was very clear to tell me that, you know, being a mom and my kids was part of who I was. And, you know, that's so important for me to be proud of and be comfortable with because David made me feel really uncomfortable about that after this thing ended. Because I felt, you know, it makes you feel bad about yourself to have someone who only wants to know pieces of you. And he only wanted to know the certain pieces that he felt comfortable with. He didn't want to know all of it. He didn't want me to mention my children at all, did not want to talk about them, did not want them referenced. Um, 
which is a really uncomfortable situation to be in. And again, a situation I would not put myself in after that experience. It was the first time I'd ever experienced that. I've dated people with kids and no kids, and I had never encountered anyone who referenced my life in such a negative way, Um, which again, we're all in our late 30s, early 40s dating, and lots of people have kids and life experiences, and it makes our lives richer. It makes us more real people. Um, as a mom and dating, like we've said, like this could be a whole episode and probably will be at some point about dating as a parent, as a mom. But like as a mom, I'm super responsible. My life is together. It has to be together because I have kids to take care of. And that makes me a really solid, grounded person to to date. And someone like David couldn't see that perspective of it. All he could really see was you know, he hadn't had those life experiences, so he didn't know how to connect and didn't really want to figure out why, which is fine. Like dating a parent isn't for everybody, but I also think you have to be conscious about what situations you put yourself in. And if you're not comfortable with it, then match with somebody else. Like there are plenty of other people out there. Like don't pursue somebody who has kids if you're not comfortable. It's 100% okay to say you're not comfortable. It's not okay to go down that road of pursuing somebody and then to make them feel bad about things about their life that you knew going into it. So yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. All right. So that was David the Disaster originally aired in August 2021 and now we're going to have a new discussion because there's still plenty to talk about here oh my god (laughs) this was an emotional journey for me as well (laughs) no he's turned terribly from like the jump from the beginning it was awful I'm gonna ask you a very direct question how did you let this continue beyond the initial interaction (sighs) You know, it's so funny and it was so funny listening to the story again, because I knew, I mean, it's that there were just so many terrible things that I was trying to defend, even in retelling it, even when I knew he was trash, I was still trying to defend certain things. Well, but this was okay. None of it was okay. Um, He, I, and I knew part of my brain knew that things were not okay from the beginning and I knew I didn't have control over the situation and I really do think this is where the phrase when you know you turn a blind eye to something I think that's why it exists completely because I chose to see what I wanted to see and I consciously chose to ignore all of the problems or defend them like I never sugarcoat them or all of that like I wanted it to be something that it clearly wasn't like why did you do that like now listen to it and like I cannot imagine you doing this now like you wouldn't even go on a date with him to be honest like at all why did you do that I wasn't in a great place I don't know it's just where it's where I was at that moment in time I think sometimes people hit in a spot where you're just you're you're weak for whatever reason and you let things in that you wouldn't normally if you were you know if things were going well for you and I think I was just kind of in a place where he somehow got in there and I just couldn't get him out like it was just terrible well it did make me think about you know you and I've talked a little bit about like in dark days dating you really do want attention and it's kind of funny like it could be negative attention yeah you still I mean, want that's- it 
the situation here because it was all very negative. It was incredibly negative attention. And the whole time I'm like, don't worry, I know what I'm doing. And yeah, like I knew what I was doing to a certain degree, but like why I was doing it would have been the better question. Why are you doing this? <laughs> like at that time, that's a great question that should have been asked, like the why. Because I didn't really want to like, I was deflecting from all of that. And just saying, well, it's fine. I know how he is and I'm in control of it. And I know I'm making okay choices for myself. Like I'm in control of this situation, but like, why do you even want to be in this situation? Yeah. Well, it's kind of interesting too, because some people never have dark days. dating. Like boyfriend apparently never did dark days dating. Never happened. And he was so funny. I told him some of like my stories from like before. And I've I've been open with him. I was like, you know, if you met me any sooner than you did, I don't think you would have been interested in me because I was just really messy. Mm -hmm. And he was like, well, I'm glad I met you when I did then. But I've told him some of those stories. And he's just like, why did you do that? I'm like, I don't know. Great question. (laughs) This is an excellent question. He's like, I don't understand. They were mean to you and you kept talking to them. I don't understand. I was like, I know it's, it's so simple. <laughs> really is. All right. So David flipped a switch super quickly after you met, which we've been down that road before. Mm-hmm. And it's clear that should have been the end of things, right? Like he showed his true colors pretty quick, but you continue talking to him. Is that typical for you? When I was young, 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 I definitely was willing to accept scraps when it came to men. Like I was willing to, you know, the bar was on the floor and I was willing to put up with all of that nonsense. Um, You know, those that would play games and give me the bare minimum, I wouldn't question it or ask for more. Like my, I definitely did not know my own worth at that point in my life. Um, so it had, but it had definitely been a long time since I had it, had an experience like David, like since college probably had it had an interaction like that. He was far worse than any of the nonsense guys from college, which tells you how terrible that is. Cause he was like in his forties, like, what are we doing here? Um, but I definitely had not encountered someone like him in a very long time. And I definitely would never entertain anything like that ever again in my life. Like that, that was it for me. That was an anomaly in my adult dating life. Um, I think I understand so much more now, especially about the control dynamic that was at play. And I would never put myself in that place again, because he definitely liked that. He, he knew he was being mean to me. And he knew that I wasn't shutting him down. So that immediately just allowed him to like increase that level of kind of control manipulation. Like he knew what he was doing and he knew that I was willing to accept it even to the point where he called me out on it. He called me out on it and was like, I'm treating you terribly. Why are you still talking to me? Like that's how bad it was. Yeah, that's awful. Like anyone who thinks that these men or people don't know what they're doing. They do know what they're doing. Yes. And so then on top of that, why are you going along with it? Like th- there's no, like, don't give them a free pass. We're all grownups. We all know, but this does. And re-listening to this, it did make me think about everybody's over 35, right. That we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Why do so many people after divorce? I'm not kidding. They act like they're like 20, yeah. right. Like they treat each other poorly. They like are so superficial. It's it's wild to me. And I say that to women too. Like I would say some of my female friends act like they're 25. It's like, oh, you're over 40. <laughs> like, why are you acting like this? I don't get it. 
And I, I don't mean it's wrong to like go out and have fun. I'm not talking about the having fun part, but it's like things like not using protection, going out with a man who is a, a total disaster, going out with David, mm-hmm. the disaster, you know, or like men that act like they think they're 25 or something. And it's just like all these people acting like such immature teenagers. And it's, it's wild to me and a little yeah. embarrassing, to be honest. And I can say that because I have done it. I did it. I did it. I hopefully don't do that now, but I, it, that just thought occurred to me while I was listening to this. Well, and that's also, you hope that most will grow from that. And, but you know, that there are a handful that will always be stuck in those patterns and will never move on from that, that viewpoint and that, and it's just, it's kind of sad because they never get to like the really good side of dating. And there is a really good side of dating. Yeah. Well, you know, you bring up, that is a good point. Like it's okay to be messy, but don't be messy forever. You need to be like, even if it's tiny little steps, you need to be on an upward trajectory. Even if it's like by tiny little pieces. (laughs) Heather, you were on the sidelines for all of this with my dating, David. How do you suggest supporting a friend going through something like this when you know your friend may not be receptive to your honest opinion? (laughs) This situation was so hard for me. Cause I knew you were in a bad place and I knew that's why you're going. And our friend, Kristen, like Kristen and I were just like dying this whole time. And we could not be happier when it finally <laughs> fell apart. I was like, oh, thank God. I hated every second of this. And I had to dig so deep to support your choices. Cause I knew these were your choices to make, but mm-hmm. I hated what he was doing to you. I hate when you like text us and you were like crying and I'd be like, Oh my God, tell this guy to go away. Cause he's terrible. So it was just so hard. Um, you know, I just crossed my fingers and just hope that nothing truly terrible happened. But although I guess I got you back when I was involved with Rowdy Ryan, which was Fair. even worse. So I, I can't, I can't be judgy about it at all because I definitely got you back later. <laughs> which I also think shows a good point that everybody goes has at least one of these in there in some dark days time of not the best choice is someone who's not treating you super well. And I think those are your lessons to, to learn. Like those were lessons that I needed to learn for whatever I was going through at that time. I think I needed to have those experiences and go through it. I knew I wasn't putting myself in an unsafe situation. I was putting myself in an unhealthy situation, but it wasn't unsafe. So I knew whatever I was doing, whether or not, you know, you and Kristen condoned it, which I know you didn't. <laughs> um, there were my choices to make and I needed to kind of go through that for whatever reason. Yeah. It is a tough situation for friends though, because sometimes things that are this bad go right to the edge of, oh my gosh, I feel like I need to come like physically remove you, but I know I can't, but I think there are some things that are just like gray area, not so great. And there are other things it's like, wow, do I need to come grab you and like drag you out of there, <laughs> you know? And that's just like, so I, that's why I like say we went through our dating situations together. Cause like, while it was hard for one of us, harder for whoever was in it, the friends go through it too. So mm-hmm. don't forget about those people. <laughs> um, do you, do you ever regret, do you regret having that David? Yeah. So I don't like to, for the most part, sit in a space where I regret things like people I've dated. Um, because I think those are life experiences that shape who I am. I think it's important that I've had those experiences. Um, in this situation, I wish it had, I had ended it sooner. Like I definitely do not think it needed to go as far as going to, you know, that last time he and I hung out, that was just truly, truly awful, more awful than the other encounters. I definitely don't think that needed to have happened. 
happened. Um, but I do believe I learned a lot from my experience overall with David. And, you know, I will absolutely never put up with anything along those lines again. Like that was, and again, he was harmless in so many ways, but just such an unkind person and treated me so poorly just from a kindness level. Like I would never put myself in that situation again. And that's just like a good baseline reminder of like, don't, don't do that. Don't let somebody make you feel like that. Don't let somebody overtake control in those ways, manipulate things. Like that was a really good learning curve for me that even when I felt like I had control of the situation, I don't know that I really did. Um, so yeah, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish that on myself again, but I think I needed that experience to make sure that I don't go down those paths again and that I would never have an encounter with someone who was worse than him, who might be harmful, all of those things, you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't want to, to put myself in worse situations. So that's a good reminder to not like go down any negative roads. Don't do it twice. I think that's yeah. the lesson here. It's okay to do it once. Don't do it twice. Yeah. But I think like regretting somebody like, I don't know. I think there are reasons that things happen and that you just need to take what you can learn from it and move on. I actually was asking Tyler this the other weekend, we were looking for movies to watch and eternal sunshine of the spotless mind was um, showing on. And I was, I had asked him, I'm like, would you want to do that. If you had the opportunity to like remove someone from your brain that you've dated, would you want to do that? He's like, I think I would. And I'm like, absolutely not. Like, I think that all of those experiences shape your future relationships and you learn from them. And I would never want to erase all of that. Like, I think that would just be such a disservice for your journey. Yeah. Well, I think about people that talk about like erasing pictures from Facebook of an ex, like my wedding pictures are still on my Facebook people I dated or, you know, like they talk about getting rid of pictures of past people they dated. And mm -hmm. it's like, well, that's part of your history. Like, what are you going to do? Pretend like things didn't happen that did happen. It's what brought you here today. So I think about that. And I also, something else made me think about, I really do believe the universe brings you to the points that you need to be. Mm -hmm. I think there are reasons things happen. It's kind of like what you and I have said. You don't really find a healthy relationship until you're healthy. Like people complain, it's like, oh, I can't meet a good guy. I think part of it, it is possible you are not totally healthy and you're mm -hmm. maybe still living in this superficial world and that might be part of it. You know, like I think we find ourselves in situations that we're ready for, that we are subconsciously looking for, that we're in the right place for. And that's how we learn and that's how we get better. And again, the lesson is, are you getting better? You know, and if you keep finding yourself in a cycle of repeating things, then you probably need to do something to interrupt that toxic cycle. But I agree with you. Like the people you've met, the relationships you've been in, whether they were good or bad, bring you to where you are today. And hopefully where you are today is better than you were before. Yeah. And if we had 10 episodes about me dating people with similar situations as the David episode, then we would need to have a bigger conversation because I'm not learning or growing from it. But, um, you know, both of us have had our situations that have not been great. And then we've had a whole host of other situations that have been really wonderful and beautiful and have shown all of that growth. And I think that's an, an important kind of takeaway from this. Like this was like a tiny little piece of my story and everything has been so beautiful and wonderful since then, because I have taken what I've experienced and learned and I've grown. So 
Yeah. And while I don't love that that happened to you, like I, I think it would have been great if that would have never happened to you. It is part of our journey and it is part of how we grow. And so I think as long as nothing truly terrible happened to you, mm-hmm. I think you can find the lessons and be thankful for that growth. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks y'all for joining us today. Uh, So this summer we have been doing Second Chance Summer where we revisit old dating stories and we add some fresh thoughts to the end of it. But we are going to be back with a brand new full season sometime this fall, I think. But for now, we're having a lot of fun with this. Thanks everyone. Bye. Bye. Still thirsty? You can get bonus content by subscribing to The Thirst Trap on Spotify or Apple or shop Thirsty Gear at thirstythepodcast.com. And don't forget to share this show with your community. Rate, review, and follow us on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Mm-hmm.